All right. Hey guys, welcome to episode number seven of the Courageously Confident podcast. I'm super excited today for today's episode. I have my really good Instagram friend with me, Sam Miller, otherwise known as at Sam Miller Science on IG, so you can go creep him out. And we're going to dive into Sam's journey both in fitness, both in entrepreneurship, and we're going to dive into a lot of diet culture stuff, how fitness is portrayed on social media, all these kind of things. I'm going to let Sam introduce himself, but before before he does, I want to tell a little story as to why I was so intrigued by asking Sam to come on this podcast. We're actually in a little community on, on Instagram together, and so Sam, I was like, okay, cool. This guy's into fitness. Yeah, we're all into fitness, whatever. Here's the thing, people. Read a caption on Instagram. I feel like not enough people read captions. And I remember messaging you or something saying like, shit, like your captions are actually educating and interesting, not just like, what does this even mean? Like, what is this providing you? So I'm actually, I have the caption uh, (laughs) screenshotted from, I remember when I was like, Damn, this is good. So Sam's laughing right now. So this is, I'm going to read this to you because I think a lot of you guys think that macros and all this kind of stuff is so simplified, like just follow the macros or eating a deficit, blah, blah, blah. This is what Sam said. And then this was like, we're going to become Insta friends. So Sam's caption was more than macros. Sometimes an oversimplification of concepts is needed to breed widespread understanding. Um, Other times, oversimplification leaves portions of the population spinning their wheels en route to their goals. So basically, Sam was saying that widespread education in nutrition is around calorie intake levels and macro levels, and it's a great start to bring awareness, essentially, to people who need to lose weight, eat in a deficit. But for people who are more advanced and, you know, working on fitness and performance, it's much more than just your macros and calories in and calories out. So that's the gist of the caption. And I remember reading it and being like, damn, it's it's not just a person saying, here are your macros, figure them out. Or like, you know, DM me to get your macros. And I'm just like, it's so much more than that. So that's when I really vibed with Sam and his perspective on fitness and nutrition, all those things. So Sam, who are you? What do you do today? Fill us in, introduce yourself. And I'm so excited to dive into all these things. Perfect. All right. Thank you. So that was a really great introduction. That was probably the best podcast introduction I've been on so far. So for episode number seven, you're killing it. So I'm super honored and, and humbled by that introduction. I definitely appreciate it. And I'm so grateful that you actually read captions because so many people just scroll through, look at the pictures, they don't open, you know, God forbid the caption has the three dots and you have to unfold it to really get all the paragraphs that are on there. So for the audience listening, obviously my name is Sam. I am the owner and founder of Oracle Training and Nutrition. I'm currently based out of Raleigh, North Carolina, here on the East Coast in the United States. And I work with both individual one-on-one clients and also have a few companies that I work with just to bring awareness and coaching uh, both in terms of health, you know, stress management, nutrition. In the nutrition space, I'm a little bit well, more well-known for my hormone knowledge in terms of how that impl- uh, impacts your transformation process, both for men and women. So 
that's where I come from with the more the macros approach is, you know, you need to start with macros and you can make a lot of progress there, but individualization is a really important part of fitness and your journey and cultivating habits that are best for you. So that's kind of where my current practice is with coaching both one-to-one clients and then also what I try to bring to the companies that I work with as well. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I love it that you say like, thank you for reading captions because Honestly, Instagram is very visual, but if you don't read my caption or like Sam's caption, it's like you're not getting any value. Then why are you on Instagram? We're literally giving free knowledge, free inspiration, free, you know. And so I always, I've even polled people on Instagram and said, do you read captions? And over half said no. And I'm like, I am writing all this fantastic stuff for you and you're not reading it, but I read captions. So if you're listening to this, please start reading captions and you'll probably unfollow a lot of people that aren't giving you any value and start following some people who actually give good shit in their captions. So while we're running on social media right now, I think we should just dive into it because I have certain opinions and I'm sure you do too. The fitness industry, so to say, or the way fitness is portrayed on Instagram or social media, what are your thoughts on that, both in regards to men in fitness and women? Because it can be so confusing to see someone who just has a quote-unquote good-looking fit body and be like, wow, I want to be like them, as opposed to someone like you who coaches and, yeah, you have a great physique and you train really hard, but it's not about what someone looks like on Instagram. It's much deeper than that. And I feel like so many people are just honestly trying to get fit because they want to look good on Instagram. And that's not what fitness is about. And yeah, what's your take on that whole atmosphere of fitness on social media? For sure. So I think my take on social media is also partially intertwined with my own fitness journey since it had so much to do with myself, but we can talk a little bit more about that later. As far as Instagram, I think my biggest item of awareness for clients when it comes up on coaching calls or emails is you have to remember that oftentimes the fitness celebrities and people you follow, you know, they have photographers or videographers that make them look good, but also, and that's not even talking about editing photos, but let's say you get ready for a competition or you have a fitness shoot in a magazine you're going to document that and take as many pictures as you possibly can during that time when you're at your peak physique. And then year round, you can like drip release those photos. Unfortunately, that gives the impression to the thousands of people following you that you are always in that exact shape all the time. And that's just your status quo. It doesn't show the evolution of your fitness. And now granted, like, you know, I, I want to look good as well, but I try and be kind of transparent about, you know, injuries happen and, you need to take diet breaks sometimes. Sometimes you need to reverse diet or you need to focus on strength instead of fat loss because having muscle will help your fat loss and then you can go back to fat loss. So it's, it really makes goal setting hard for clients and followers. So that's probably my biggest point of contention with social media. But you also have to understand these people that are posting it. It's a competitive environment. Their business is likely related to their Instagram account or the fact that they are fit. So they need to put their best foot forward to market themselves. So the fact that they have quality content or photos, um, you know, is certainly understandable. I think that's where the captions come in, though, is don't just look at their photos. What are they saying about their photos? They might have a photo of when they were at 5% body fat, but 
what are they sharing with you about their journey or what nuggets can you extract that are actually going to help you that you can take away and apply to yourself? So that's kind of my, my one biggest thing. I don't know. Do you have one that's most agitated? No, I agree with you. Um, I follow unfollow, you know, people in the industry because like the biggest thing for me too is caption. Like you can have this great photo, like sure. I share my mirror selfies or the, the great photography photos and they all look good, but I, I make sure that my audience knows this was taken professionally under really good lighting under really good circumstances, you know, but it all comes down to like, what is, what is the caption? You know, cause, cause for me, I, I want to learn something or gain kind of, like you said, little nuggets from people. And so what are their, what are they saying? I think, you know, we're more than just a body. Like, yeah, awesome. You are 5% body fat, but what were you saying? How were you feeling? How was that experience for you? So sharing the journey in your caption is huge. Number one. And I think too, I see a lot of my clients and followers and women just look at a picture and I've literally had women send me a screenshot of some random body on Instagram and say, I want to look like that. And so this is where like the whole thing for women comes in. And I'm like, what? Like, and these aren't even competitors. These are just regular women just want to get healthy and look a little bit better, which is fine. And this when this whole, like, I don't, I call it like an epidemic of this obsession with physique comes in. And, and that's the biggest thing for me um, with, uh, with Instagram and, and constantly just scrolling on of bodies and comparing yourself. It's like, is that doing more harm or more, you know, good? Like, are you learning from it? So it, it's back and forth. And, and I think too, if you're constantly comparing and not gaining any knowledge from someone, why follow them? Like I've unfollowed so many people and I like to look at stuff that I learn from and if you have a great physique, amazing. But like, like I said, it all comes down to learning. So that's kind of it. And guys, like, I think it's the most important is just be, be, you know, smart about who you follow. You know, you're, we spend a shit ton of time on Instagram and are you consuming valuable information or are you just kind of mindlessly looking at stuff? So that, that's kind of my take. Yeah. So you have people who started like, you know, Instagram probably started getting a little bit more traction than what, like 2014, 2015, maybe even 2013. But you have people who might have a million followers by now that started much earlier on. And maybe back then they provided a lot of value and they've shifted their message now from maybe fitness to lifestyle, or it's just kind of documenting their day-to-day life right now. But so people evolve obviously with their accounts and it's important to follow that and make sure that it's still best for you. I think that what you said about that point of comparison, really, if, if you're just only looking at the pictures and constantly comparing yourself, really, you're putting yourself down. It's not really an uplifting or motivating experience. So it's not helping your confidence at all. So that's, that's probably the, the biggest pitfall or downfall that I would see with the comparison standpoints, mm-hmm. especially for people who are at a beginning stage of their fitness journey. Absolutely. So why don't you share a little bit of your journey? How did you even get started from point A in in fitness? Sure. So probably for me, it started in high school. And actually, I have a video where I talk about this. It was was sort of, 
I think everyone starts with intrinsic or maybe selfish motivations, whether it's comparison on the outside or the way you feel about yourself. So I certainly wanted to, you know, look better, be stronger. And I was playing sports at the time. But also, I did have some health complications earlier in life than some folks would. So for me, a combination of that and then some health complications with my family as well just kind of lit a fire underneath me to be mindful of how health, nutrition, and fitness really can impact your body. Um, And then for also me, I was seeing what was happening in terms of your entire hormone system and what happens when you like gain weight or lose too much weight or you're too skinny or you're at the right weight. So many things happen on an internal level in your body that you can really help to stabilize with health and fitness. So by having that routine, having those habits, it really provided so much value for me in my life and and kind of gave me a a place where I felt comfortable. So started there and then always had some sort of part-time job in either fitness or nutrition in college. And, uh, you know, was always told it's not something you can really make money doing. So after college, went to grad school and, you know, was in more of like a, went more of the business and white collar route. And so, I actually moved away from fitness for a while and then ended up coming back and starting my business in 2016 to be like full-time and devoted to fitness. So it's been, it's been definitely uh, a lot of forks in the road and kind of a roundabout journey, but that's kind of what's brought me here today. That's awesome. So I, cause I love talking about fitness, but obviously as a coach and entrepreneur, like let's talk about that. Like you were in the corporate world for a while because you were kind yeah. of told you can't do it full time or, you know, do the whole coaching, coaching thing full time. But you were kind of saying like this soul sucking job, like commuting and not enjoying it. But what were people actually telling you that you believe, whether it was family or friends or whoever saying, you know, you can't do this coaching thing full time. Is that what kind of drove you into that way? And how did you pull yourself out to actually say, I'm going full time with this? Cause it's tough. Yeah, it's it's definitely really tough. So for me, I don't. So I'm fortunate in that I do have uh, encouraging parents who always supported education and also work. Like I've worked as long as I can remember. Like I can't remember when I wasn't working or like mm-hmm. doing chores or like I always had to work. So that was good for my work ethic. In terms of the fitness standpoint, though, I think where I received maybe some discouraging advice would be more around the lens of do you really want to be in a gym all day long? Or like, do you really want, because people only think about face-to-face personal training when they think about fitness. They don't think about nutrition coaching. They don't think, oh, you could be a writer. You could be a videographer in fitness. You could coach uh, powerlifting. You know, you could, you have, there's so many individual segments of a very large industry that you can carve a spot for yourself. So right now, you know, I'm, I'm more remote based and doing less face-to-face stuff than I used to do. I'll still occasionally have some face-to-face obligations, but I, I couldn't even get to the point of envisioning that for myself because I was so caught up in, well, other people's perspective was what someone in the fitness industry does is you go to a gym and you train people. And so because of that, I thought, okay, well, in order to, you know, be successful or make money or, or have this level of success, I should get a master's degree or get a law degree and then go work white collar. And, and basically, you know, I was, I was still fortunate in that sense too. I worked hard enough where I was doing more consulting and corporate strategy and stuff like that. But yeah, what really drove me out of it is I hated commuting and being in traffic and being on the same schedule and routine as everyone else. You're like, you're at the gym when it's crowded, you're stuck in traffic when everyone else is on the road, you have no freedom and autonomy. So I think the biggest driver for me behind 
entrepreneurship and creating space for myself was basically freedom and autonomy. If I had to pick like two things that I really appreciate about what I've created is that I can set my schedule a certain way. And yes, I have to cater to my clients or companies, but I can arrange it in a way that is most conducive to my life and productivity. Absolutely. And, and like you said, the biggest thing is we, I think as coaches and entrepreneurs talk about freedom, which is amazing. Like we can make our own schedule people on the other end who don't see it. They see it all. I get sometimes backlash like, Oh, freedom. You can do whatever you want from all day. And I'm like, no, actually like I probably work a hell of a lot more hours just because I, I have that entrepreneur mindset and that like drive to work, work, work and grind, but freedom in the sense that I'm not having to be at a place from nine to five or commuting or having to be at the gym when it's really busy after work and stuff like that. So it's, 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 it is freedom. It is freedom also in the sense that you get to create what you want as an entrepreneur, as a business owner. So as as you know, Sam Miller, Miller, sorry, with Oracle Fitness, being a fitness coach in a very saturated coaching world, how do you stand out compared to every other coach? What makes you different? I think part of that is actually answered by, so in our past, you know, this last couple of minutes when we were talking about leaving the corporate space, I view that as like, you're solely invested in one relationship with that company. What's great about coaching is I am well diversified across, you know, dozens of clients and coaches that I have a relationship with and companies. I'm, I'm diversified in my relationships. Just like years and years ago, they talk about like a balanced finance portfolio. You want diversification. I have diversification in my relationships and that creates some freedom, even though I am working. Like you said, we probably work all the time. It's, it's not an hours thing. It's, it's certainly up there, but from a, uh, as far as my point of differentiation, I would say definitely nutrition and hormones. I've cultivated an expertise in that area based on my own transformation, what I've dealt with with clients, and having a background where I did do some men's physique competitions. I can certainly help guys with more of the hypertrophy and muscle building or fat loss side of things. I certainly read a ton about strength training and um you know, I could probably design a decent program for you to just get stronger or compete in a power sport. But for me, it's, it's working with people that have that body composition in mind or fitness goals that are tied to that type of program. So that's where I started on the training side and then moving into that with nutrition, science and supplementation. I feel like I can add a little bit more value for, you know, the average client that walks through the door. Absolutely. I love how much you focus not only on nutrition, but hormones, Um, especially, I don't know if you work with many women clients, but, but if you were to speak to women or what's your general sense, because women tend to be like weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, cut the calories, cut the carbs, cut the fats. And then all of a sudden they're dealing with all these symptoms and side effects and they're like, Oh, what's going on? well, you probably just fucked up your hormones because your nutrition is messed up. So if you could give some advice to just just a, a, a quote-unquote regular woman who wants to get fitter, right? Like not necessarily lose a lot of weight, but just get stronger in the gym. You know, she's not trying to step on stage. She just wants to tone 
tone up. Um, but as women, we're so prone to see these ads and these quick fixes all over the place, which basically just make you crash diet. Like our hormones get so messed up. So what would your, be your best advice to a woman who's trying to just get healthier, get stronger in the gym and, and keep her hormones in, in check? Or maybe even, you know, what is something that's kind of scary that can happen if you're constantly dieting to your body? So I think one thing that's important to note is it's really, really hard at a higher level to change and manipulate hormones. You can be mindful of them and look at where they are and get a gauge of them, but your hormones are impacted by your habits. So if you have really good habits and they're healthy and you're consistent and you're not yo-yo dieting or you're not crash dieting and you're in a proper calorie deficit and you take diet breaks, those habits are going to keep your hormones pretty much in check, assuming you didn't have any pre-existing conditions to begin with. But for females, so just to touch on what you briefly mentioned earlier, I have a pretty even distribution. I work with a lot of guys, but sometimes I'll have a cycle where I do have a fair share of women, sometimes even 50-50. So it's, it's pretty evenly distributed for sure. Um, with women, I commonly see the uh, less is better. With food, take, you know, eating less is better approach, which isn't necessarily the case. Uh, generally leads to, I guess you could say, inconsistency and a lack of stability around their eating and their nutrition. They do more than they need to in terms of diet and maybe exercise more than they need to and then they burn out. Or the amount of stress that they're putting on their body, it can mess up your cycle. It can uh, lead to estrogen dominance where you retain water all the time and you feel fluffy because you have like cortisol dysregulation or estrogen imbalance which none of those are fun things. Now, granted, these are the extremes. This would be like maybe you're doing two-a-days and not eating enough or you're eating under 1,200 calories for a long period of time. But the biggest advice I would have is think of your, your journey or your diet. Like you have multiple stops and, and multiple destinations. Sometimes you're going to be able to take a straight-line deficit approach and other times you need a diet break or sometimes you need a reverse diet. I mean, I have a great um, example of a client right now give a, a silent shout out to her because she might know who she is. I'm not going to mention any names, but basically if, you know, she was around 160 pounds and she was, uh, would go from eating less to eating more to eating less. And like, she's always been pretty active. She'd try and run more and she would never really change her weight. Well, we actually reverse dieted her, which means adding a little bit of calories to her plan. And she's now going to be down close to almost like 11 pounds. And we haven't had to destroy her now. Granted, that's like a, oversimplification and an ideal scenario. Not everyone responds like that, but it's a great example of sometimes your body just needs a diet break and you never know like the positives that you might get from it unless you incorporate it or you give it a shot. So, you know, I think this is actually like more of a bodybuilding phrase, but people say stimulate, don't annihilate. It's like, you know, stimulate your muscles. Like you can initiate the fat loss process with good habits and like try a little bit of a calorie deficit or a slight change in macros. Don't change everything overnight and think that you can master 20 new habits between, you know, today and two days from now. Right. I, I love that you said, you know, it's about daily habits and consistency and stuff like that. And something I really see is, you know, I, I run, uh, it's called courageously confident, you know, a, more so like a beginner getting women in the gym. But the thing is a lot of these women that I tend to work with are, and I get it because I used to be it, that girl, you're already in a deficit. 
yeah. already in a made probably a very major deficit and now okay i'm gonna go to the gym and i'm gonna get build this like lean muscle and they're like well i'm not i'm not building muscle or i'm i'm not nothing's happening and i'm i'm and it's so hard to break out of that diet mentality just because they've been stuck in it and it's it's also really hard to explain to them like you're now like you're in a deficit you're also training really hard and trying to build muscle your body needs more food but women are so scared to eat more i don't know if you've ever experienced this with clients but like what could be like the best line or the best advice that you could give to someone listening who is maybe terrified to eat more because she thinks she's going to get fat, but it's actually going to improve her performance in the gym and probably uh, improve her physique because that's what her body's craving. Like you said, if you're in an extreme deficit, you might feel fluffy all the time because the way your body's responding. What, what advice would you say? And as simplified as you could make it to just kind of, I'll try and keep it pretty simple, but I'll, all the time I'll have women who come in and maybe their their um, maintenance calories would maybe be 1,800 to 2,200, sometimes should even be like 2,400. And I'll find that these women are like already eating 600 calories less than they should be, plus they're already super active, um, sometimes worse. It really just depends on how active they are and then also how what extreme measures they've done to try and get lean or toned or achieve their goal body maybe without a coach or maybe they had a coach that wasn't as um, aware of the consequences of what they were doing and, and they didn't reverse diet out of that. So what I would explain to women is that there, there's two ways you can do this and, and there's kind of the weight loss fad diet hamster wheel, which is you get on there, you run and run and run and run and you're in a, a calorie deficit and you try and lose all the weight and then you gain some of it back. But probably because you haven't really put on much muscle tissue, which is really beneficial for your metabolism. Such a huge part of the calories we burn every day is a result of just the amount of lean body mass that we have. So by focusing on getting a little bit stronger, spending time in the gym and having adequate nutrition to recover from your workouts, you build lean tissue, so lean muscle if you want to be toned. And by doing that, you improve your resting metabolism or basal metabolic rate, which is just a fancy sciencey word for saying how many calories you burn at rest without doing any activity. So then by increasing that number by having more muscle, now all of a sudden you can go and do these same workouts or you can be on the couch or in your office or whatever your day uh, asks of you and you're still having a higher calorie burden than someone with less muscle. So to have that ultimate advantage, if you can build lean muscle tissue, you're going to have an easier time staying leaner over time, less calorie fluctuations. You can probably eat closer to maintenance and still have some body recomposition. You may need to tweak your calories, you know, down or have a, a slight deficit from time to time, but really it'll help stabilize your journey. If you just get consistent with like having a, a strong routine and not constantly chasing this next diet period, because mm-hmm. oftentimes, if, if you go through a period of 11 or 1200, and then all of a sudden you bounce back up to 24, like the law of averages, it, it eventually kind of catches up with you. So that would be my biggest advice. I think a lot of women don't, aren't well-educated or don't understand resting metabolism or basal metabolic rate. And by doing that, it can really make your life so much easier. And that's why you'll see women. I mean, you're probably like, you're a good example too. Like you go to the gym, you focus, you work out, and then you have nutrition, but because you have like a decent amount of muscle for someone who is petite, like you're able to stay leaner than someone who say doesn't focus on building any muscle at all. 
Right. Yeah. And I love that you brought up like women especially don't understand how much your body just uses by doing quote unquote nothing. Like for example, I'll get off in like three hours of just sitting here doing coaching calls and I'm like, holy shit, I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. And I wasn't active, but your brain uses a shit ton of energy. And I think a key advice that I would give to women is find out what you burn at rest. And then compare it, what do you eat? And you're probably not even close to that or, you know, and then not even considering what you're doing in the gym. And I think that's a good wake up call for women. It's like, oh shit. Right. So, and then, so go ahead. I was just going to say in your body as a female, as much as this may sound antiquated is like, you know, females have hormones and, and like cycles and everything that needs to be closely regulated, like regulated because like the female body, if it were to get pregnant, like you need to be able to survive like carrying a baby to term. If you deprive yourself of food all the time, like, you know, hundreds or thousands of years ago, like your body would just downregulate your metabolism, your thyroid and your hormones to save energy so that you would survive. So when we eat less and less, like our body becomes efficient. It's not to say that you can't ever fix that if you're eating less calories. You certainly can reach an equilibrium or like reach a healthy point with your nutrition. But I think a lot of people forget that like when you eat less and less and less, it's like you're training your body to do that. It's just like training anything else in your life. It's like you're programming a certain response and that response is like your body's like, oh, there's not a lot of food around. It doesn't know that there's a fridge like 10 feet away from you. So its response is just to kind of control your metabolism in the best way that it can. And eventually you might lose your appetite. Like you'll see that all the time in people who are under eating. Eventually they get to a point where their hormones just like change their baseline. And again, I use that example of like, how did they get there though? It was through their habits. It wasn't just like their hormones magically changed. So you can change your hormones with your habits. And like for women, I think it's important to remember if you're under eating, it can do almost as much harm as like overeating in a sense. Right. No, it absolutely can. And I'm, I'm so glad that you shared that. And I'm so glad that you focus so much on hormones because women don't realize, I think a lot of women are just focused on losing weight or eating less because that's what we're told. They don't realize the detrimental effects that it can have with your hormones and in your body. And that's why you see women lose their cycles or, you know, lose your hunger cues. And, and all of a sudden like, well, I'm not hungry and you're not even hardly eating anything. Cause like you said, your body gets used to that. Doesn't know that there's food in a fridge over there. It's just, that becomes your new maintenance. But like you said, it, it was created through habits and, and you can always reverse it. So that's amazing. I think this is so valuable for a lot of the women who will be listening to this because it is a really it's a reality check because I know, cause I used to be the girl who would under eat and I know that it, it doesn't feel good. You're hungry, you're tired, you're confused, you're irritable, you're emotional. You have all these things. I think women know that there's something more going on, but we're, we choose to be ignorant because we're so focused on eating less because of diet culture. So I, I love that you coach this and you focus on hormones. And this is so important for women to remember, especially if you're active, to it's not just about food. It's not just about calories in and out. It's not just about exercise. It's about your whole body, you know, the whole the whole function of it. So I love that you bring science into it when you're training your, your clients. It's absolutely incredible. Amazing. So I love that you shared that.
Yeah, definitely. And it just also, there are going to be a few folks out there where like, please don't use hormones as a crutch if you're not at that point in your journey. I think you have to do some honest reflection and maybe whether it's notes to yourself or working with a good coach or having like a difficult conversation. Some people really truly are under eating and they face the consequences of that. Some people are also truly overeating and they don't track or acknowledge that they might be in a calorie surplus and they think that it's maybe their hormones. So you still have to start with calories and macros and energy balance and activity levels and habits, but you can certainly mess that up if you don't have the right habits or you're, you're making poor decisions based on, I think what you said is great about maybe they're, they're chasing this aesthetic concept or this visual image of their favorite Instagram person mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing it at any cost and they're not thinking about the consequences. So I would just say be mindful of the consequences, but also some self-awareness is required and some honesty. Um, and that's where having a, a good coach can come in handy too, is just to work through uh, whatever you might be experiencing, even if you're not fully aware of, of what that might be. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and again, it, it's like this whole world of like you trying to find your balance with fitness and food, but we're also over here on Instagram or wherever looking at people and thinking, oh my God, and like what extremes are you going to do to reach a certain point? And like you said, and, and I really talk about this a lot is being super honest with yourself. Like self-awareness is everything. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Are you doing these extremes for what purpose, for what reason? And, and what is it doing to your body and, and checking in? So I, I think this is really interesting, really fun. I just thought of what would be, at, we're both coaches. We're not trying to pitch ourselves on this podcast. We're just trying to have a good conversation, but what would you say like three really good qualities for someone to look for in a coach would be in terms of fitness and nutrition? Like what are three qualities you would look for in a coach? I love that. So I've, I've been fortunate to have several good mentors and coaches. Um, so I, I'll lean a little bit on that. And then some, some of what I do, I think my first one would just be, I really appreciate someone who continues to learn. So. I've always tried to model that with my coaching is I, I do, I realize that, you know, in doing this for a decade, I do know quite a bit of information, but I also know how much I don't know, which is everything that I've learned, you know, for the past few years, I need to repeat, repeat that and duplicate that again for my clients again, over the next several years, I need to continue reading, developing myself. So learning is one and two is, is very similar to one, but that personal development element, I love having a coach who is also willing to have a mentor or who has been coached in the past. So for me, like I not only learn from a textbook or a book or the internet or a certification course or credentialing, but also because I've been coached myself as a part of my personal development and my journey. And um, so those are probably my top two. The third one I think is tricky. So with, with fitness coaching, I think you end up with a lot of like your body is your billboard. Um, It's certainly tempting to, like hire someone based on looks and everything. And I think you do need someone that is involved in the lifestyle and has good habits. But I guess I could simplify that as like maybe walking the walk and not just talking the talk. So like you always see me, like I'm trying to get in the gym. It may not always be perfect. Sometimes I get injured. Uh, I may not be the absolute strongest person in the world, but I'm working on getting stronger relative to me and my PR. So if I had three, it would probably be learning, personal development or being coachable as number two. And then that third one would just be uh, there. I guess the way to simplify number three would be they're on a journey of their own. 
and it's reflected like in whether it's their Instagram or your phone call when you like go to sign up with them, whatever it is, it's like you can sense that they're on a journey of their own and they may look great. That's awesome. Or maybe you just relate to them because you have a similar body type. That's, that's awesome. Like there can be different parallels that you're drawn to, but I think, um, having, having that journey or that history yourself is, is really important. So those would be my top three. I I'm so spot on with those top three. I love them. Um, because I, as a coach myself, I have a coach, I'm continually doing, you know, personal development. And I always say, <laughs> if your coach doesn't have a coach, get another coach. Like there's always, like you said, you have so much more to learn. We all have more to learn and develop. And what we learn, we bring down to our clients. And it's so interesting. And like you said, too, you're on your own journey. And, and I'm on my own journey. And as a coach, you want to be realistic and relatable. You want, you know, people to not think that you're perfect and you're done. Like you're, they want to relate and see that you're going through your own thing, your own struggles, your injuries, your ups and downs. I think it's so important. And, and I've seen through my business is, you know, a lot of women come to me because I'm so honest about my ups and downs that they're, they're like someone who gets it, you know, not someone who's just perfect all the time, which, which you kind of mentioned on. So that's, that's awesome. I, I love that. And, and I think like you too, you said so many people just, which is okay if your body is your billboard or whatever, but you maybe you need to dig in a little bit deeper and like, what does this person have to offer? You know, and that comes back to reading captions and, and all that kind of stuff. Right. So, so getting to know people because it is very saturated online. Anyone can say, Hey, I'm a coach. And how do you know to trust them just because they did a competition all of a sudden now they're a coach, you know, you know, you need to know a little bit more about the person, which I think is, is so freaking important. So yeah, I think this was so valuable and I love, you know, I, I really, I was so excited to have you on here because you go deeper into just food and macros, you go into hormones and the whole kind of concept with fitness and with training. And that's why I love your Instagram and your posts and just your whole, your whole round vision is incredible. So thank you for coming on and having this great conversation. If people want to connect with you, where is the best place or places to find you online? Definitely. So we're currently uh, putting all of our free content and I'll likely add this podcast as well. So anywhere where I've either written an article or our coaches have contributed an article or a free podcast, places where you can gather information. One of my biggest missions is to put out um, very knowledge driven quality content that you can access regardless of where you're at in your journey or whether you have a coach or don't have a coach or can afford a coach. So that's oraclefitness.com. There's a free content page there. So our website's oraclefitness.com. My personal page uh, is Sam Miller Science, all one word on Instagram. So it's my full name followed by the word science. And then our uh, company page is oracle underscore coaching. And that's for Oracle Training and Nutrition. And we'll have some other coaches and our clients on there as well. So those are probably the best right now. I'm, I'm on Facebook, but uh, typically I'll do more with stories and stuff on, on Instagram and we're constantly curating and updating that free content page. So whether you want to read an article about nutrition or just listen to some podcasts on your drive or something like that, it's a really great way to continue your education for yourself. Awesome. And I'll be sure to link everything that Sam just mentioned in the show notes and everywhere that this gets put. So if you guys just want to easily click and go and follow, it'll be there for you guys. I definitely recommend 
going over there and, you know, getting the free content and, and diving into um, all of Sam's stuff and the team is it, going to be awesome. So thank you guys for listening and thank you, Sam, for being on here. And I feel like you'll be a guest again. I feel, I feel it. So <laughs> I, say, I appreciate you having me. I'm definitely, you know, always, always happy to come back anytime there's uh, anything that you need or topics we want to cover. So thank you. Amazing. All right, guys, thank you for listening to this episode. We will see you guys next week and leave any comments in the comment section below. If you want Sam on again or any questions about things we've talked about, we can definitely dive deeper into specific things in future episodes.